How you feeling, guys? How you feeling? Winter meetings come and gone? Well, there is still the Rule 5 to get through, but the Marlins have made pretty much next to no moves apart from a backup catcher added to AAA. The winter meetings for the Marlins have not been hot. Nevertheless, has the groundwork been laid for future deals to be made? That is the question on today's episode. And I'm delighted to welcome back Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. Guys, this is your daily Marlins podcast. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Subscribe to the pod. Free and available everywhere. Episodes a week. If you are wondering, yes, there is a YouTube channel. And yes, Sean Barrett is back. And that beard is looking sensational. Sean Barrett, how are we doing? I'm doing good, Pete. It's been a rough couple of days in the Marlins world, hasn't it been? Yes. So. Hopefully we can get a bit of positivity out today, and uh, I was glad that you checked in with me yesterday. I'm still waiting on Kim to check in on me as well, but yeah. I'm sure it's coming. She's checking it's, in on everyone. It's coming, baby. She's just checked out the hotel, as told me, so exited the hotel, checked out. Um, you're right, mate. Marlon's Twitter, burning down at the moment, burning down. We're all sitting here waiting for moves to be made. Craig Mish flew out there especially, anticipating moves to be made. Craig flies back uh, home with just a pack of M&Ms for comfort and no stories to break. So underwhelming, I would say, from a Marlins perspective. More generally, though, mate, what I must say is I think the winter meetings, they haven't disappointed. There has been a ton, a ton of action. Um, and probably the, the best and funniest element was <laughs> Arson Judge going to the Giants. Um, that no longer is, and now he's going to the Yankees where he was always expected to go. But, mate, it's been a wild few days. Like, free agency-wise, it has been there's been a lot of money spent too, right? Absolutely. I think there's been more money spent on a couple of players than the whole purchasing price of the Marlins. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a lot of money moved hands, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a case of it's been, for, for a Marlins fan, it's been, it's been pretty much a nothing winter meetings, no trades, uh, no signings. But I don't think, the, the only thing that I am holding you know, on to is the fact that there hasn't really been a player that's been signed that I thought they would be going for anyway, I think. Obviously, these big $300 million contracts, that you know, we could just ignore them. Mm-hmm. We, we know they're not happening. I think the biggest concern for, for Marlins fans right now is just how many moves have been made by NL East teams. The rich keep getting richer. Um, and I spent yesterday, while the winter meetings were happening and these big numbers were being exchanged, looking at players that are available in the Rule 5 draft. So that's really where I am as a Marlins fan right now and my expectations. That's where we're at, baby. What's been, uh, before we dig into the Rule 5, uh, I, I guess kind of dig in, but briefly touch on the Rule 5. Um, what's been your... A favourite deal? I don't know if that's the right way of asking the question, but which what's kind of caught your eye of all the deals that have dropped? And there's been you know numerous ones and some really big ones too. 
I think I think the judge one is the most interesting one for me, simply because of the the way the negotiations happen and the idea of judge getting on a plane to go to San Diego. Did he really get on a plane to go to San Diego, yeah. or was that just a ploy for them to say, look, we've been offered a ten year, forty million a year offer. You're yeah. eight. We re- I really want to be a Yankee. If you can just go to nine, I'll take it. Yeah. And, you know, it is that case of, was there really an offer from San Diego? Was he ever going to sign there? Or was he just trying to get that extra year out of the Yankees? It's just, for me, those negotiations are always, uh, you know, something that I keep a keen eye on just because it, it's so funny to watch them bat the ball <laughs> back to each other, trying to get really more is. money on and get the negotiations sorted. Yeah, made sense. And the the Aaron Judge situation, I think, is uh, it was an intriguing one. Clearly, because he he bet on himself, uh, um, decided to not take that money, ten or two hundred and fifteen. I can't recall the number. It was in that range, right? Kind of early two hundreds. Uh, he decided not to take the dough. Bet on himself. Ended up having an MVP caliber year, and now has signed um, an absolutely massive deal with the Yankees. And, and to your point, well played on the negotiations too. Um, the funny thing there, and that that was the point I was thinking about as well, was the Padres seemingly were willing to invest nigh on $750 million to two players, got neither of them. Um, they also, you know, talk about the rich getting richer. The Padres not only already have Machado, they've got Soto there, they've got tons of other dudes. They're then trying to add into that. How is, how is San Diego doing this, mate? It absolutely just bewilders me how the Padres seemingly have endless amounts of dough no budget uh, restrictions. Um, they couldn't get the deals done, but that doesn't mean the spending will stop for them. But, you know, I, I do love the aggressiveness of San Diego. Absolutely super aggressive. It reminds me of, like, 90s Leeds spending all this money <laughs> and then it all, go, it all going wrong and then they go down the leagues. The advantage that San Diego have is that there is no relegation. No. And at a certain point, I mean, if you look at those deals, they are deals that if San Diego all things went bad, could trade because there are big market teams out there that could go out there and trade for those and they'd probably get a bit of money. So it is interesting to see them just go all out attack, uh, trying to get these yeah. guys. I mean, the Soto deal alone was was shocking to me. The fact that they are mm-hmm. still willing to spend all this money and go for it, it's, as a Marlins fan, you, you've got to be jealous, haven't you? That is the right word, mate. We are truly jealous. The San Diego Padres just have no fear. They have no uh, restrictions financially making some serious moves. What about the Phils, though, mate? Let's kind of look a little bit closer to home because, for me, the Phils, uh, they have been uh, the most aggressive team, I would say, in the NL East. I know the Mets, you know, have added to, but they've added to replace where the Phils, you know, they've really hit the upgrade button. The Trey Turner deal, I think, is um, is a nice, I say a nice deal, Um at the back end of that contract, it will likely probably not look amazing. Um, but for me, like Trey Turner, massive upgrade there. Um, they've also, they, they've added a starter and a reliever too in close succession. So the Phil's off the back of a World Series appearance. Um, they're pressing. They're pushing the ticket too, right? Exactly. I mean, the, the whole of the NL East at the moment is this hugely competitive division that the Marlins are going to struggle with. And yeah, they, they've gone out and got Turner. They've got Walker, you know, a, a decent Major League starting pitcher. Matt Strom, yeah. you know, is, is, you know, a back end, not a closer, but a back end reliever. It is a case of they are willing to go out there and spend some money. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Marlins at this point just can't, they can compete with that. They choose not to compete with that. And and it's, it's a concern because 
Mm. We keep talking about the idea that the Marlins could just add a couple of bats and, and be in it. Um, I think the only the only good thing in this sort of scenario is that with the way that the schedule's now structured, we are going to play less games against the NL East than they ever have done before. Thank God. So, you know, that's not to say that, you know, it's a good thing necessarily because we we beat up on the Nationals last year and we're going to get less opportunities to do that this year. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it is, it's a concern that the, the division is just so strong at the moment. And, and at the moment, all, you know, the three teams, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves are just out there spending and the Marlins, I, I, I'm just concerned with, you know, I always get excited as we go into spring. I don't know why, I don't know how it works out, but every year I look at the team and go, they've got a chance. Mm. This year, I'm, it's, it's going to be a real stretch to get there, I think. Yeah. All right, then, guys, brief pause in the action here to let you know about our good friends over at Bet Online, baby. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Yeah, it is. It, it's tough, isn't it? When the, Before the season even starts and you've got a rotation pack full of three potential Cy Young candidates, perhaps. We aren't even in the hunt. <laughs> That's a sad state of affairs. But this is the way baseball is going right now. Something that intrigued me the other day I saw, and I can't remember exactly what source, but it was, it was showing, I think, the biggest growing brands, I think, in the U.S., and Major League Baseball was on the list. And I think that's one of the things what we're seeing here is people are going, hey, that's an overpay. It's not an overpay. Everything's being adjusted to, A, the increased revenues that all these teams are seeing and inflation and all sorts. Like, the game's just growing. The financial commitment on from many of these teams is growing. Unfortunately for the Marlins, theirs isn't. That's the problem. Like, the, the gap is getting ever increasingly larger. And you look around and you go, all these teams, pretty much the baseline is becoming like a 300 million, you know, a year roster. And the Marlins are making do on 75 mil. Um, and, and the problem is, is to get better, you know, they're limiting themselves, right? Because to get better, there's only really three ways in the main or four, probably. The draft, draft well, develop what you have, um, trades. And that means you've got to give talent to get some or free agents. They're the only four ways. They haven't really drafted that well. They've in, in the main, technically on the offensive side, the development's been poor up and down the organization, apart from the pitching. Uh, the trades have been okay, but they're not playing in the free agent market. So the Marlins are limiting their ability to get better across what, maybe two or three of the four channels. Um, if they don't spend, you know, this is going to be an uphill task, mate, isn't it? I mean, but we have to wait and see. Let's not get too negative because they have a plan. And let me let me kind of flex away and let's kind of get into some Marlins stuff that, that did pop up over the, the last couple of days. Kim Ang heard an interview, and for me it was, well, it was probably the most honest and aligned interview to how Marlins fans that I think I've ever heard, to be honest. All of a sudden, for me, mate, it's been the past few months, run it back vibes. Constantly run it back, injuries, poor performance. If we're not hurt and we, we, we perform as we should, we'll be okay. They were the vibes. 
Now, all of a sudden, you got Kim saying, we're looking to add maybe one, two, three sticks and some bullpen help. All of a sudden, she's calling out, let's start there. That has to be music to our ears, though, right? She has to execute on it. But at least now, publicly at least, we're starting to get the messaging aligned with our thoughts, too. Yeah, I was I was super positive with those with the words that she was using and that idea that the realization that they have that they they do need multiple additional bats and and there was an implication and I could just be reading into it that that some of those moves would be done in free agency. Uh, my my biggest concern with that is after the fact. Now we've got to the point where there were players that the Marlins were apparently in on mm. and were outbid on. You know, it's it, as you as you said with about the money. It's not just that these three hundred million dollar contracts are, are getting thrown out everywhere. The money is is there for the second tier free agents and and the low end free free agents. You know, the the, the money that Bell got to me was quite a big number. I mean, mm. I'm not a big fan of his personally. Um, I'm not sure why. Mm. It's an irrational distaste for his his numbers. I think, which is really <laughs> weird, but. His, his, you know, the, the contract he got was a surprise to me, and it's it's a number for a secondary guy that I just don't think the Marlins can, the won't compete for. I've got to stop saying can't, won't compete for, mm-hmm. and and they are going to get bit, and because the money is out there now, they are going to consistently be, you know, second best in the in those negotiations if they're not willing to spend, and I think. It is a case of the, the the bats in free agency are starting to dry up a little bit, and mm. unless they want to go all out on a guy like Nimmo, you know, it is going to be a case of it's going to be these minor league deals. It's going to be guys from the Rule Five draft. It's going to be guys from trades where you're trading more assets. And I think we've seen in the past a hesitancy from the Marlins to do that as well, mm. um, especially doing multiple deals for multiple major league caliber bats so yes super positive and i hope that that remains the case even after the weekend and after the the winter meetings um but from that from that high it's been a slow um sort of fall um to where i am right now but yeah I, i i would love to end this episode positively but right now it's a struggle there will be some positive vibes. Don't you worry. And for everyone listening, and there was a couple of uh, tweets I had this morning saying, Pete, when's the episode dropping? You need to talk me down off the cliff. Um, that kind of summed where things are up. Uh, I have to call out though, right? Free agency is, it's just tough for the Marlins. They are, when I think back to last year and I think of, of the situation, this, this, these big name dudes, why, why would they? Like, why would you want to come and play in a library for half a year, no fans, no noise, no nothing. Like that's hard. Baseball is such a drag day-to-day grind. Do we hear it? Right. Imagine doing that with no fans, no buzz, no juice. Why would you want to do that? And an offense, we're, we're, we're targeting offensive guys. We know the park is not great either for their offensive numbers. We know the team has stunk it out the last couple of years too, even though they thought they could be good. Like, it's a really tough sell to get these top names to want to commit because fundamentally these guys, they either want to win or they want to pad their numbers so they can make even more dough. Well, they're not going to win probably with the Marlins and the numbers are going to take a hit and they're going to be playing in, in front of no fans. Tough sell. Anyway, that's just a real, that's a reality check vibe for us. 
And we know that. They're the, they're the trading conditions, not trading as in uh, physically, but they're the, the, the terms of business that the Marlins have. Players know what they're signing up to, and they're signing up to that. So the players really have to either buy into it or they're working at a tier where they check in with a player and actually no one else is checking in and there's no other market and actually that's the only option the players have got. Because when we signed Soler and Avi Garcia, I'm not sure how much you know, interest there really was, you know, particularly for the numbers the Marlins have, were throwing around. So maybe they were competing with themselves on that one. I don't know, but they're the conditions we face. It's a tough spot, though, for Kim, right? I mean, that's the backdrops, what she's got to work with. Like, her product, in effect, that she's selling, it's a tough sell. Tough sell. Absolutely. It is a case of, I mean, you see on Twitter and you see with the fans, it's always Kim this, Kim that. And, you know, she is, as the GM, she is the face of the organisation, and, and that's why the heat is directed at her. But ultimately, she's working under a, a, a number that she's given by Bruce to work with. Mm. And she can't then just go and, you know, go an extra year, go an extra couple of million, because she knows the framework with which she's working from. So, yeah, it's a super tough job. I mean, GM of the Miami Marlins has always been a tough job as far as marketing the team, selling the team, acquiring players, attempting to win. Because this is our second time round now with an owner that clearly is working on a low budget. That's just mm. on what we've got to work with. And yeah, for, for Kim, it is super difficult. And it is a case of, with the, as you said, with the ballpark, it's, it's a big ballpark. That's why mm. you know, pitchers, I'm sure, would love to go there. Yeah. Uh, and offensively, it's tough to get. So yes, you need to draft and develop these hitters. And if you can't do that, and, you, and so far we've seen that they can't, but you can draft and develop pitching, then you need to trade that for hitting. And that is yeah. what we've been saying for 18 months to two years. We have. And, and now is the time where it has to happen. As, as, an, happen. as an organization, they have to do it because, you know, the, the fan base at the moment, and it's a, it's a small but loyal fan base, mm-hmm. it's starting to creak a little bit. It is. It's creaking, mate. Here's what isn't creaking, though. Home security. Uh, so, are you? Firstly, <laughs> and at Locked On, Locked On Marlins, we believe home security should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe, baby. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On listeners 40% off a new security system, but don't put this one off. And here's why I love it there's tons of reasons, but main ones. First off, whole home security system. Nearly knocked over my tree. Advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when that threat is real. Plus, they got 24-7 professional monitoring. And it's less than $1 a day, which is less than half the price of traditional home security systems. Sounds amazing. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. 40% off any new sim- uh, any new system at simplysafe.com slash MLB today. Reminder, safe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Right then. So, free agency. It's not been kind thus far to the Marlins. I did want to briefly pick up on the Cody Bellinger thread, though, specifically because I do I do think that's an interesting one where it's been reported that the Marlins were actually in on Bellinger 
checked in on him. He's, he has gone and signed that one-year deal, which is what he came out and said he's looking to do, which makes sense. He wants a prove-it deal, and he wants to return to MVP form and to blow it up and to sign a 10-year 300 million. Makes sense. Um, goes back to what I said a few weeks back, mate, around if the Marlins were truly serious, they could have they could have got Ballinger for a, a player to be named later. And okay, it would have cost them 18 million. Do you think that they were looking to get a deal done for 10 million or something on Ballinger? Like, do you think the number the Cubs got him 17 and a half mil one year? Were the Marlins not in the right ballpark, do you think? Yeah, I think it is a case of the and I and I expected actually to be fair that that one year deal would be a smaller number as it was Bellinger pretty much earned what he would have done with a qualifying offer. Yeah. So um that was interesting to me. The fact that it, it was one year and one year only, it wasn't one year with an option for a second year. I think he probably just went, I want to earn as much as I can in that one year. Let's not worry about the second year. And I'm gonna bet on myself and you know that is going to be an interesting storyline for the rest of the season. The Marlins again could, but probably well, clearly they didn't. Wouldn't weren't going to go to that number. Um, and if we're again talking about Kim and having this budget that she's aware of, she's got that probably would have been the sum total of the budget. <laughs> that that's a max, isn't it? Yeah. And that doesn't factor in any more additions it, via trade where the money is more. If you're trading from your prospects for a major league centre fielder, that centre fielder is earning money. That mm. takes away from that money. takes away from building the bullpen up. I don't expect them to spend a lot of money there, but they're going to have to spend some money. That yeah. money's not going to be zero. So I think it is a case of the number that Kim is working from could never have fitted in something like $18 million for for Bellinger. No. Felt high. Um yeah, interesting they were in on the player, though. And I, I've always, I mean, people that listen to the show know I was not against taking that punt. Um, play center field, good defense, play first base, lefty stick, kind of fits the profile of, like, what we actually need. Okay, it's had a couple of down years. But when you look at his, like, actual counting stats for last year, <laughs> it would have blown away everyone anyway in counting stats for the Marlins. But All right, then, guys, we're going to have to pause the action there. Join us again tomorrow to continue with this conversation with Sean Barrett, recapping on everything that the Marlins did and didn't do at the winter meetings and what they could be doing after the winter meetings to supplement this offense. Join us again tomorrow, and thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. We'll see you tomorrow.